Welcome, everybody, to Go For Side Effects. I'm your host, Kevin Simon. You all know my co-host, John. John, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. And we are bringing Jeffrey back on. Both of y'all are Army. And but, 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 yeah, but, 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 but. Everybody out there wants to know, Kevin, are you the new Navy mascot? Oh, <laughs> hell no, no, no. All right. <laughs> Let's get some stuff straight. We were in the old Navy. I just want y'all to know we were in the old Navy. So anybody sitting out there wants to know, no. <laughs> Treated those pants in for a score. You know, y'all are a bunch of buttholes. But I'm going to tell y'all right now, right off, right off the bat, I'm going to let everybody know, no, I was not a mascot in the Navy. Would I not be a mascot in the Navy or anything Were like you the that? head or the tail? <laughs> <laughs> hey man the marines the marines were the mascots there you go <laughs> all right everybody so tonight we brought jeffrey back one of the reasons we brought jeffrey back is what was it about eight months ago six to eight months ago we brought your whole crew on that you served mm -hmm. with over in iraq during desert storm and in that process, that was probably one of my favorite shows. I mean, anybody listening, I'm sorry, but when you have like six people on at one time and it's organized. It was fun. The, the crap that we heard what y'all went through. Let's talk a little bit about that. Tell everybody about yourself when you served and what all you did in uh, over in Desert Storm. Okay. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on, Kevin. I do appreciate it. Thanks, John. Um, so uh, I joined the Army in September of 1987, uh, served four years active duty, two years, uh, not two years, zero, two years National Guard. Um, during my time, I was stationed in Germany for two years, uh, and then I went to Fort Huachuca, Arizona um, after the two years over in Germany. And uh, during that time, you know, Hussein kicked off in August of 1990, kicked off and went into Kuwait. Um, we got uh, tapped on the shoulder in October of 90 to head over to um, Saudi Arabia, to Dahran. So myself and uh, 11th Sigma Brigade, which was, I, I honestly don't know all the, the companies involved, but it was 40th Sigma Battalion, 86th Sigma Battalion, and uh, all the um, Subtending, I don't know, I don't know how you would word it. Companies of Eleven Sigma Brigade, we all took off and went over there to support for communications uh, for the Army. Um, we arrived in Dahran. I want to say the first of November, the end of October, and in Dahran, we went to Saudi uh, to Eskom Village in Riyadh. Um, during that time, we had contractors that were, you know, cleaning our clothes for us, washing clothes. That were cooking our food and all this stuff and and we didn't know it at the time but escom village had been used for uh falcon hunting uh, excuse me they were using falcons to hunt pigeons so um with the pigeons that were there at escon um there were a lot of cats that were around that were also hunting the pigeons and there had the, the water silos they were using had cats and dead pigeons had fallen in there and we were drinking this water, not knowing it was contaminated. Holy um, crap. <laughs> yeah, it's really good stuff. Uh, so that's part of what we were exposed to. And a lot of us got sick. We had um, some form of like diarrhea and vomiting and stuff at the same time. And, you know, just really, you know, not very pleasant things were, were occurring. Um, we thought it was the foods uh, because, you know, we always went to the chow hall. Um, our clothes that were being cleaned weren't really clean. They smelled moldy, musty, um, even smelled like fuel sometimes, like the, the water they were using wasn't uh, necessarily filtered properly or, or whatnot, um, so that our uniforms weren't very clean. Um, but then we dispatched um, to the field uh, January 26th of 1990, excuse me, uh, December 26th, 1990, we dispatched to the field, um, and I don't know if you remember all the names, but Jimmy Nelson was with, he was with me on the show last time. Jimmy yeah. and I were together. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was with us, but it was such a, a pretty big group. Anyway, we dispatched to a site called Kilo Romeo 1-1, and we were a, re a radio relay site for Tropo uh, Communications, and we had a shot from Riyadh going up into the front lines in Iraq, 
And uh, we were supporting that about 150 miles uh, north of Riyadh up toward KKMC. I don't know the exact location. Um, and while we were there, we kind of got forgotten about um, <laughs> while we were out there. And we had we were right next to an airport. And that airport, there was a Scud, excuse me, there was a Patriot battery that was guarding the airport. And they had about 16 um, pods. I don't, I don't know what you call their systems, but they, they had uh, canisters of four. And there were about four of them lined up that defended the airport. Uh, so the first night of the war on the 16th, going into the 17th of January 1991, um, we had nine Scuds that were shot at us. Um, and when those scuds, scuds were shot at us, uh, eight of them made it. One of them went errant somewhere in the desert. Eight of them made it to us, uh, but the battery, uh, the Patriot battery, didn't know we were there. And in defense of the airport, which we were about a mile away from, they shot the Patriots to intercept the scuds right over us. So we had um, just molten aluminum or whatever, you know, type material it is just falling. I mean, raining on us. Oh, out of okay, the sky. but hold on, hold on. I want you to tell the story. Okay. <laughs> I want the story told to each and every person out there about whenever it first. <laughs> you okay. know the story. Because I, I, if yeah, I say it, you're going to give it away. Okay. So I, I've been on guard duty all day. We usually pull 12 hour shifts. I'd pull my 12 hour shift. Um, I'd gone back to bed to my cot and I'd, I'd wrap my M16. We, our 16s, we usually put them at the end of the cot, um, to, you know, keep it off the ground, make sure they're, they're kept clean. And I, I'd gone to bed probably about 1130, 1145 ish that night. Of course, the war kicked off. I want to say around, I want to say around 1 a.m. I'm not yeah. 100% sure. Yeah, that's about, about so, right. Yeah, somewhere right in there. Um, so I'm trying to go to sleep and, uh, you know, fiddle farting around. And, and we've got several guys. There's about 13 of us there that were with 11 Sig, uh, with 593rd Signal Company, 11 Signal Brigade. Wait a and, second. Uh, you got, you, you, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. You were trying to go to sleep. How They didn't let you know it was happening. They told us it was happening. <laughs> oh, just wait. No, they didn't tell us neither. We, we freaking knew. Hey. We said it's about ready to go down, and we're like, okay, next thing we're not, we're here. We shit. were the, we were the, and... we were the forgotten redheaded stepchild. We were out there <laughs> in the middle of the desert. Nobody knew. I don't think any, I think they forgot about us, honestly. I really do, John. Now, we were told later on, you know, later on, we were told that they actually played the national anthem, and that was a cue for all the field teams to know that the war had started. But we didn't have a radio, and yeah, the what? only radio we had. We had one of our guys loved, uh, his name was Rico Suave. I don't know if you remember him, but he, he would, uh, gosh, I cannot remember the, the name of the song, but he played this cassette over and over and it would drive you bonkers. But it was, uh, uh, I cannot remember his name, but he loved this one song and he would play it over and over. So we never heard the radio anyway. He, he always played this cassette he had. So, so, so when the war, so when the war took off, you were located where again? I was at a site called Kilo Romeo 11, just a radio, a, relay, a radio relay site in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we're so in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But you were a relay site. And how on the fly, how did you not know? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't have a I mean, that, I know. That's, the shit's about ready to go down. Right, because isn't that their job to know? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. What they the were Yeah. Well, the comms guys, comms guys are always the last to know, right? So and we were <laughs> yeah, told, okay. we, we were told by either, it was either third ID or whoever it was told us, if we get overran, you guys are on your own. So we were, <laughs> we, we were on high alert already. We're like, okay, it was, our vans are made of magnesium. And they they told us, when they told us that, we're like, okay, we have we have Willie Pete's and we'll take a Willie Pete, because that's what we're supposed to do, throw it in the van, burn it to the ground. But we're, we're going to chuck the Willie Pete's in the van, burn it, run like hell. Because we're not going to fight. that's funny shit. Because we had the first ID in front of us. And then we were told, listen, hey, first ID. We're like digging foxholes. I'm like, wait a second. You're telling me if the freaking first ID, a bunch of <laughs> goddamn engineers, we're supposed to beat them with our I, doubles? I mean, I'm, I'm And joking, that but I is mean. why I joined the Navy. <laughs> Smart I man. stayed out in the freaking water, and I was like... <laughs> I was like, there's nothing possible that can go wrong. And then we found out Saddam put 
mines out there on the way, the way oh, all the oil rig fires were on fire and i mean sarin gas on top of us i mean yeah. I, I mean it's yeah. true because the only way we knew we declared war is all of a sudden i mean every missile hatch just lights up, up. i i mean it was the 4th of july uh, i mean and i was i knew shit was really bad when they started handing out you know the, the the grenades, and I was like, "What? Wait, they gave you a <laughs> grenade mean, for real?" And no, okay, yeah. so now I understand no. combat engineers, but I mean, we were under the combat, but we were construction engineers. Now, of course, we know fucking grenades, pull the pin, throw it right, get it. But that being said, we didn't see that one coming. We're like, right. I mean, we're not, I mean, we're that's just one of those things you kind of did in basic training and you know duck uh you know we weren't infantry <laughs> you know, I, i'm with you man they gave us they gave us a case they gave us a case or two of grenades as this is no lie our sergeant our sergeant made us dig a hole and put those grenades in the hole because he's like you fuckers will blow yourself up. you guys will blow yourselves up <laughs> like, what do you mean we know what we're doing we're, we're in the army you know <laughs> Could you imagine me with a grenade? A Could you imagine with me with a grenade? I was like, <laughs> I'll be like, man, I'm well, gonna see how far I can throw this. Oh, good lord! I can't. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. I mean, well, even then, yeah, we we would, yeah, exactly. As goofy as we are, who knows what we would have tried to do? <laughs> that is crazy. And, yeah. and you know, we're all what 19, 20 year old kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was twenty at the time. Yeah. Or excuse me, 21. I was 21. I just I turned 21. I had a chance to go to the bar legally one time before we took off. <laughs> well, so so you're out in the middle of this, out in the middle of nowhere and doing this, and they told you, okay. So I was flipping you shit about you know going to sleep because honestly, I would have thought everybody oh, was not a, not a clue. Especially a freaking wait, you know, wait, wait till you hear how he woke up, John. Wait till you oh, hear yeah. how he woke up. <laughs> So I'm I'm going to sleep and I'm you know I'm I'm finally dosing off and all of a sudden I hear a boom 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 and I hear this just all kinds of crazy stuff and I'm like what the hell so I pop my head up and then uh, Ricky Lee Harbin runs in from from uh, from Virginia and I'm like Ricky what's going on he says oh man those the the Patriots are going off and I said what do you mean he goes the Patriots are going off and, or you know he said those things are going off and I said what do you mean the Patriots and he says yeah. And I was like, holy shit. So I jump up and I, I, you know, I've already got my, probably got my BDU, BDUs on my lowers on. So I start throwing my top on and uh, I'm trying to grab my M16 and it's on the end of my cot. So, you know, the cot's got the breakaway on the, on the end of it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm trying to grab my 16 and I'm yanking <laughs> it and my whole cot's coming up. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm panicked. You were already five <laughs> All you hear is a boom, 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 and it's loud, you know. And you know this is a 500-pound AT warhead. And there's uh, there's not one. There's a bunch of them going off. So I'm like, holy crap. So I'm yank, yank. My whole cot's coming up. I finally get the idea. Put your boot on your cot so you can pull it up. So I put my boot on my cot. I yank my M16 so hard, my whole cot, the the, the, the end piece breaks. You know what you're supposed to. It breaks. And then the whole cot just flips up in the air. But I get my 16 loose. I turn around, I, it's a GP medium, I take off running, and I remember there's a center pole, so I <laughs> duck the way yeah. from the center pole, but I forget there's that guideline that comes down for the center pole, Oh, and I yeah. clothesline myself, oh. and, I pull oh. and I'm doing, I'm doing Olympic Jesse Owens speed here, <laughs> and I hit, I mean, you being, uh, what's Usain Bolt speed is what I'm doing, I hit so hard. <laughs> Before I hit the ground, it's like a cartoon. My feet are level with me. I can see my feet in front of me before I hit the ground. And that's how he and, got his purple heart. <laughs> and, and, and there's my pin for my purple heart. Oh, shit. That's so I hit, I hit the ground, and all I could think is, oh, my God, I'm going to freaking die because all I see in the sky. And so the, the scuds shoot that chafe out before they, they when they're doing the acquisition. I'm sorry, the Patriots. But when they right. do the acquisition, they shoot this chafe, and it looks like a huge hand. And I see this huge, like, smoke-looking hand up in the sky. And and all I see is this boom, boom, boom. And I see everything blowing up, and I'm thinking, Ooh, I'm going to 
have to die. I'm, I'm 21 years old. This is bullshit. I'm going to die right now. Yo, cause I knew that, you right. know, Saddam, Saddam had used, uh, um, the, the, uh, stuff that fills your lungs, basically the, the sarin and all that stuff. Yeah, you, sarin you know, and it, it drowns you in your own blood. And, and I knew that's when I was going to die. I'm like, well, shit, this, you know, this is, this sucks. So and I apologize for the language. So I'm, I'm just like, man, I'm, you know, this is the way I'm going to go. 21 years old. This really sucks. And I, you know, I wasn't mad. I was just like, well, crap you know and and uh, i get up uh, from the ground my head i don't know my head's hurting but you know when you get punched in the face how you feel when you're fighting and i so i could feel it but it didn't really hurt and i didn't really care to be honest so i get up and i run to the bunker and we had dug these eight foot bunkers with the little you know the grenade um the little uh, thing we have in case a grenade's thrown in you can kick it into the, the little you guys actually dug kick. those yeah oh yeah we dug all that stuff oh really? yeah Oh, yeah, just in case. We didn't We're know. a fucking engineering unit. Hey. We dug down about that league. Yeah, well, oh, you know, we had a full record. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were ready. We had fighting positions at two different locations facing north and south. And then we had a full Constantina wire about five foot deep, you know, five foot layered around our the perimeter of our site and everything. Uh, we were ready to go, man. And, and uh, yeah, so I run in there, and I knew it was eight feet deep, but I didn't care. I just dove in because by that time, stuff's just going off everywhere. And I dive in, and I get up, and I, I roll around, you know, find my – because I left my mop like an idiot. I left my mop gear in the <laughs> bunker because something's going to happen, you know. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so I start trying to get dressed. I, I, I put my mop pants on. I know how you start from your knees zipping down with the mop gear. Yeah. So I start to zip or start trying to zip down with my mop gear and I'm shaking so bad. I literally, my hand is doing this. I mean, I'm, I'm uncontrollably trying to grab the zipper to zip down. I can't control my hand. And I'm like, God, what? you know, I'm just losing my mind because I can't zip my pants down. And I finally get the mop gear on after a while. And then I realize in the whole process of this, I haven't put my mask on yet. So I'm inhaling um, all the payload and the rocket fuel and all this other stuff from the Patriots and the Scuds both. And I put my mask on. I try to seal it. And, and here's a kicker. So, John, I got in an argument with my E6, my staff sergeant, earlier that day. Oh. And I had taken my mask off and I chucked it to the corner. Well, when I did that, I, I wear corrective lenses. So yeah. you remember how you used to have to put the, the corrective yeah. lenses, had those two like, uh, like it almost looked like, yeah, the little things in there to hold it yeah. in place. Well, yeah. one of those had popped out. So when I put it on, it went right into my eye. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it went right into my left eye. So why the I, hell are you laughing, laughing, Simon? That shit ain't funny. That shit ain't <laughs> hurt, man. I, I just wanted to be known. That everything that he is talking about that he did, that's why I didn't join the army. Right there. Right there. If Again, it wasn't for the, I, I, the I, fact hey. that could have died, it really could have been a great skit for like uh Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin, you know, or, or Bob Hope and somebody. It would you well, know it well, you, you know, I, I, I want to get the time going because I mean we could go on and on about this and then um Let's get into to some of the studies and the researches that you you have been doing lately and some of the stuff. So the first thing I want to talk about is presumptives. Everybody knows what our main presumptives are. Fibromyalgia, yep. chronic fatigue, I, IBS. That also includes with neurological, kidney disease, liver disease, uh, uh, pancreatic heart disease. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But one of the biggest thing is uh, along with ALS and PLS. We all know that ALS is really big among the Desert Storm community along with PLS. And we did the show last week about that. I don't know if you caught it, but you need to, Jeffrey, because it's it's really sad. It, yeah. That's... It, 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 it is. It's, it's but it's, it's terrifying. Right. But that is the only thing in the medical books is ALS on go for vets. So now we're going to talk about what you've been doing. <clears throat> okay. So uh, I started going, I didn't go to the VA for, uh, for 27 years. And the reason I didn't go is because I felt, uh, you know, a lot of shame 
um, for for what I just talked about. It, it's it's comical. I could even tell jokes about it early on, not early on necessarily, but you know, in the nineties and in the early two thousands. Um, it, it became a joke, and, and I knew I had problems because I had interface with the Portland police, with the U.S. Marshals, with the IRS. Um, I, I took form letters coming to me was enough to, to set me off to say, "You want to threaten me? By God, come to my house. I'll we'll have a full on duke them out, pistol shootout, whatever you want to do, we'll, we'll do it." And I, you know, I, I was on edge all the time. So anyway, it was, it, and, and that's how my National Guard guard career ended i actually threatened a lieutenant colonel and and uh it didn't go well at all i'm sorry um it, that didn't go well at all either and and i wound up getting uh generally discharged from the national guard um but anyway uh i went to in 2017 i found out at that time that i had um liver issues kidney issues um i was diagnosed with ptsd um i uh have uh, I have some spots in my, uh, it's called calcified gram car, uh, no, calcified granuloma, granuloma on my lungs. Um, and I have, uh, Salzman really? nodules on my eyes. What's that, John? Calcified on your, on your lungs? Yes, I have the, I have calcification on your lungs? Yes, they're just little really? nodules. Yeah, and it's not like real, real bad, but I've got, you know, some of my lungs and stuff. Um, and, and they say, you know, the VA says, well, we don't know if it's called, if there's two different kinds, there's bacterial and then there's a vi viral and it's called hist, hist something like histological or so there's a word for it for viral and there's a word for bacterial bacterial usually links toward, um, like tuberculosis or something or some form of resting tuberculosis. And there's a name for that too, but I don't know what it's called. Um, but anyway, they said that they couldn't tell what it was from. It could have been from childhood. You know, they, they want to explain it away immediately, of course. Yeah. So it could have been from childhood. It could have been from being sick whenever. It could have been, you know, possibly from when I was over there and we were exposed to the oil. Because we were exposed to the oil enough to where it literally was like a black and white movie. You know, it was day and night. I mean, the, during the day, it was like a black and white movie. Yeah. The sun was orange, like an orangish red during the day. And the days were... You know, like a black and white movie it was weird and we, we were exposed to that for several months you know while we were over there um so anyway you know so uh kidneys liver eyes um i'm trying not to get too far off uh pain i have constant pain in my neck my back my shoulders my elbows my wrist my not all my fingers, but my fingers on the set on the second joint. I'm trying to get to the camera. So this joint here, the second joint, um, I don't know the term for it, but on not on all of them, but they my fingers actually feel like they're swollen at night. It'll wake me up from the pain where I can't me, bend my hands. Got a question. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned pain, and what so. What does the VA, and I'm re asking this for a very specific reason because of um, something that happened to me, and I won't go into details with me and myself. I'm just kind of curious for yourself. For you, for pain, what does, how does it, how do, how do you treat the overall pain? So I'm taking Cymbalta, and I'm also taking Meloxicam. Uh, the max you can take a Meloxicam is 15 milligrams a day. And it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like a super duper, um, uh, not aspirin, but uh, Advil. It, it's oh, like an Advil. Advil. Oh, yeah. yeah no, it, no, naproxen? Uh, what's that? Is it naproxen? Uh, it's the, the, there's, it's the standard, like the NSAID or whatever it's okay. called. Okay. Yeah. So it's okay. like an Advil, okay. but, um, okay. but it's, it's a better form. And it's only 15 milligrams. And you cannot take any other stuff. I can't take Advil. I can't take ibuprofen. I can only take that one thing. And I can only Does take that mute the pain pretty good for you? Um, it dulls it, and the Cymbalta oh. really helps. I actually, by accident, I ran out of Cymbalta last week. Um, I screwed up, and, and I forgot to order my meds. So I ran out, and for like mm -hmm. five days, I didn't take anything. And I, it, it felt like, number one, it felt like I was like in the ocean and being literally just pushed around. I had no okay. control. Uh, I, I, I had to tell my manager at work, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm off my beds. I'm, I'm having a hard time. So you know, <clears throat> All right. I was afraid well, if I didn't. No, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll explain it uh, maybe in the after show 
why okay. I asked that particular question. Um, but go ahead. I'm just I had to ask you about that general okay. question. Well, you but, so, well, I I have this though because you know about six weeks ago I ran out of meds myself. And mine is veloxifen, which is a little bit stronger than Cymbalta of what, mm-hmm. what I'm taking. But they forgot to send it to me. Oh. After four days, I was ready to commit suicide. We had a call a crisis hotline. But mine isn't for depression. Mine is strictly for my nerve pain along with the neuropathy. And a lot of guys with neurological disorders out there that need this medicine and the VA likes to tend to screw up on medicines, which I don't know why, but it, I don't know if it's their system or what it is, but literally I had to fight to get it. And thank God for the crisis hotline is the only thing that saved me and the nurse practitioner and, and my wife and my mom, my dad. I mean, be, be, be honest with you, but I don't want to get too detailed, but when we go, when you look at the VA total system, one part of the system doesn't talk to the other part of the system. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm reworking my primary towards all my other ones. And I actually, I think I'm learning a system on that, on how to get my primary more effective into my other ones, because that's what needs to happen. I, I don't I don't go and scream and yell at them. There's there's no point. All that does is get your ass kicked out of the VA. Yeah. But <laughs> but in <clears throat> with all the blood, like they did a blood test on me two weeks ago. I think they took nine vials of blood. So they ran every test under the sun. Yeah. Uh you were telling us earlier about some of the new stuff that they're doing on you. And so let's talk about that. Okay. Um, so I, I had to take a, a, a feces test. And, and the reason they took the feces test was because of the uh, the nine presumptives. It's, and I don't know how to pronounce all these, but the brucellosis, um, the Q fever. And again, I don't know how to pronounce all these. Uh, the, nine ty- the non-typhoid salmonella, uh, the shigella. Again, I apologize. Um, West Nile virus and a couple of other of these that are in here. Um, they checked me, and basically, what they were checking for, Kevin, is they want to make sure that my GI tract wasn't inflamed from uh, like a it's colitis, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. But they want to make sure that something or one of these diseases wasn't causing it. They checked for bacteria, they checked for parasites, um, they checked for uh, it's called high polera. Uh, and I may be pronouncing that wrong, but it, it's a common one that a lot of people have. But they check for all this stuff. They did four different tests on the feces to make sure that it's not something common that can be fixed pretty easily with medication. Uh, it was none of those. So it's still undiagnosed at this point. Um, and then they also did a new test I've never heard of. And it's called uh, HLAB27. And this test is a gene test that should narrow down if you have an autoimmune disease, uh, reactive arthritis, um, psoriatic arthritis, or there's one other thing, doggone it. Uh, it just, they're just, <laughs> I mean, obviously they're looking for something that, that they're probably not going to find, you know? Right. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm chuckling because as you're rattling off all these things they did, I was going to interrupt you. I didn't. I wanted to, but I was going to, and they found <laughs> nothing, right? No, so, not yet. Not yet. No. And no. let me it look at this just it, real quick. Go, go ahead, Kevin. Okay, while you're looking that up, it took them eight years to figure out that, what caused my neuropathy. The, Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> with the lining of my stomach being chemically burned, it burned my spores. And, and by then, they were like, well, it's too late. I was like, okay. So what can we do for the chronic fatigue, the neuropathy, you, you know, the people with fibromyalgia, the people with, you know, digestive system problems, the, you know, the people that are coming down with unexplained bleeding, you, you know, and their answer is we don't treat the problem. We only treat the uh, symptom. 
So what that means is they're not looking for the cure. They're not right. looking for anything out there. You, you know, like, um, matter of fact, I talked to Ross Camp just the other day. They're going to come on a show in, in about. Oh, great. Yeah, they're going to come on a show in about uh, in, in a month. And I. And That's she, Nancy Klimas, right? Dr. Uh, Nancy Klimas. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And they're the ones who are actually going to come up and tell the new studies that they're doing, which is fabulous because they're they're looking more for their go for. I mean, we already know there's been studies done on go for vests that it's sarin gas. Oh, it's mustard gas. Oh, it's PTABs. Oh, it's anthrax. There's not a cure. Nope. And there and 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 there never will be with the VA. You you know. In, so we're sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. No, but but in the system, they're there just to make you comfortable until the day you die. Right. What it is, it, 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 it is it, right, and and it's it's a payoff here. We're sorry for what happened to you, and this, this, and this. But you're gonna have to fight for it for 32 years. I mean, when I, when I got out of the, when I left the military, I didn't even know I had a letter telling me I, I was exposed to exposures. Yeah. So what what were you going to say, John? Well, no, I just, I mean, you, you know, we're, uh, we're coming up near the end, but I was just, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, they don't, they don't have an answer. They're looking for that proverbial needle in a haystack, which they're not going to find. Um, and we, I mean, because like Kevin, you and I have talked multiple times, they look, they look like all these studies and I'm all about, okay, you're going to do the studies. And and I and I often say I don't I was a guinea pig when I was in active duty, and I was like I don't you know. We know that it, what it's not, we're pretty sure we know what it is. We're not pretty sure we're, we're we know what it is, and it's it's like we at what given it. point at what given point and I've and I mentioned it several times before, you just got to shake your head and say, okay, yep, it is what it is, okay. Treat the symptoms, okay? But do it. Treat the damn symptoms and take care of us and let us live the best life that we can live. And we all talk amongst one another and say, did this work? Yes, no. Well, part of it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. um, well, I, I mean, the, the the last thing he told me was, hey, look, you know, I can't go up anymore on your Lyrica. I can go up on your Velexafen. <laughs> Hell no. I don't want to go up on that shit ever again, man, and everything. But then, but really, the the other doctor told me the only thing left to do is an amputation. Jeez. That's that's their okay. answer. Amputate. I, yeah, you got to Can you make me six foot tall? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the smartest <clears throat> comment I come back with. I'm like, you ain't touching my damn feet. I'm telling you right now. I'll, I'll sit in a wheelchair and just roll around for all I care. Uh, give me a motorized yeah. scooter. I mean, and all that. But, Jeffrey, I, I want you to keep going. I, I know you were looking up something. Okay. Yeah, so the, the test for uh, that that HLA-B27, it's, uh, it looks up uh, or it, it, it helps pinpoint three things. It's reactive arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, and IBS. And, and I've been diagnosed with IBS, um, but uh, the other two I, I have not been diagnosed with yet, but my pain resembles um, author, uh, the, the uh, psoriatic arthritis. And they think that they looked at rheumatology. I've been to rheumatology for, for uh, three years now, going back and forth. And, and all this started from, they didn't, the Portland VA didn't even catch it. Miami VA did when I was doing a study with them. Uh, on on different medications that would help relieve go for illness pain, um, they noticed that I was I was urinating that I had blood in my urine. So there's, they said, hey, you may want to get this checked out. And when I brought it up to my my PCP, my primary care physician, he said, oh yeah, we can take a look at this. And they noticed that my actual uh, red blood count in my urine was pretty high, and that's what started the whole thing. And then they're like, oh yeah, your kidneys are messed up. Oh yeah, your liver's messed up. And you know, it was like it was just completely over. And they said, oh, your blood count, you know, your, your CBC, your, your regular uh, blood count looks pretty good. Overall, you're looking all right. 
And, and then all of a sudden they realized, oh, there's some issues going on here. And that was frustrating enough in itself. And now I've waited three years to finally get some more diagnosis. And what I've managed to do, thankfully, is I, I actually have been diagnosed with exposure. And that's the, the term they use. Um, and it has actual SCT code. But I have exposure. I actually have Gulf War syndrome. And it has an SCT code to it, um, which is amazing because I don't think many people have that. And I don't think it brings any value uh, necessarily, but it's on my VA problem list. That's so mine too. Uh, everything I oh, have is, okay. is considered under the goal for illness. But oh, mine was done in 1995. Wow. Okay, everything that, that they started putting on my list is now considered under the goal for illness. Wow. But back there, it wasn't go for il illness. It was just the go for. And then it went to the go for illness, then went to go for syndrome, then went to this. And, and you, you know, the little system, how it goes. But, back here's, and but here's the kicker of it all is er, er, when, when I went in, they told me, well, your EFGR, we're worried about that, is at, uh, I think mine is at 68. And that puts me at, uh, at uh, what, 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 what is it? One, two, three, four, five for kidney disease. Yeah, uh, I think it's a stage right. two. I'm a 66. Stage two. Okay, I'm stage two, dang near close to stage three kidney disease to going into kidney failure. And I'm just like, okay, what? But everything else was fine. That was the weird part. I said, then what makes that do that? I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, that's it's exactly what my head is. Right, right. But so I'm in the same boat, Kevin. I have so my my MPV. Let me see if I can find it real fast. I've got it all right here. So my my MPV. I actually wrote a letter saying, "Look, I, I want some or an email rather. I want some answers because I'm very frustrated with this. My MPV is a 9.3, which is low, and that MPV. I don't remember what it stands for right now. Gosh, I wish I could remember. Um, but the MPV is low. That's not good. Uh, my ERS, that's your uh, sedentary rate, and that's how your blood count, your blood cells fall uh, when they do the certain test. And anything, anything above 20 for a male over 50 is not good. Mine's, mine's 21. Uh, CRP, that's your C-reactive protein, should be below a 3. Anything above a 3 means you are possibly, you're, you're ready for coronary, not failure, but coronary disease, heart disease. Right. I'm a 5.5. Um, but I what, but, but wait, wait, stop right there. Okay. Remember when we did the show, when everybody was on it? Tiffany. And Tiffany. Yep. Brand new heart. Uh, She's doing how, well, how by many? The way. Huh? She's doing well, by the way. Is she? How many? Yeah, yeah. How many? What was it? Heart attacks, right? Yep. I don't I, remember her number, like the number of heart attacks, but I, she, I, yeah, I she thought, had to get a brand new heart. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought it was five. I, I, yeah, I thought I, I that it was honest. five or six. Yeah. And uh, and that's and that was when she was young. Yes. She's only she just turned fifty one now. She's fifty one now. And this and she are, would Yeah. And this and was uh this three was or four within, years his, ago. within his group. And yeah. th that's that's the thing that everybody's not understanding. Yes, y'all yep. were supposed I I believe probably more than what I was, but I was exposed to the outside and the inside when we pulled in the port. He was spraying sarin gas. Y'all probably got a heavier dose of it than what we did because y'all were up in front lines. And running in the clothesline did not help any. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Sorry, true. Sorry, I had to bring that shit up again. But told me that, and I'm like, shit. But right. I, I mean, see, <laughs> in, in, in each different part, like uh, I talked to somebody that I sent a message to that they literally blew up a, a bunker that actually had the sarin gas in it. Oh, they, yes, yeah. and, and they were all exposed. And I, I was like, was please come on the show. He, he wants to come on the show. He's gonna, they're going to tell me a story. But this is what surprises me is it took 30 something years for them yes. to say yes. Yeah, it's key. There's it. a video out there of the engineers blowing it up. Yeah, there's a video out there. But it takes it. It took thirty something years to say, "Hey guys, y'all were Agent Orange. Nothing we can do about it." I had two uncles that died from it. Yep. And I don't care what anybody says. 
what they did is royal bullshit to waste that damn long to take care of your vets. And that's why what we need to do, and and we're doing it. I, I, I talk to veterans every single day that are coming together, pulling together to try to find results on what they're doing that helps them. I mean, how many, how many pages do we have? Go for illness. You know, our kids are, are we're even exposed to it now. Anything we do, it is passed on to us. It passes on to them. Yeah. And, and in, in the mix of it, what we can do together is stay connected. The veterans are connecting, and I and the the Gulf War veterans is a tight community now. I mean, I'm linked to I think 135 pages out there, and every wow. one of them put the the hey he's having a show tonight. They're streaming everywhere, awesome. and and that's that's where we need to go with this, and with you having the problems that you're having because you were definitely on the front lines. And y'all were bombarded with the bombs. And then uh, at the end, I'm going to let you tell the story about the airplane. But uh, you don't, oh, I ain't going to let that shit go. I just want you to know. But <laughs> but with us connecting, our voices are very powerful. And and they heard us with the PACT Act. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, they, they, they did. That day that they denied the PACT Act, we bombarded bombarded them with yes. saying you're going to pass this. They finally went in and passed it. Is it a a, a, a decent bill? It's a decent bill. It's not yeah, great. Good. It's not great. What they took out of it was sarin gas, P-tabs, you know, anthrax shot, mustard gas, uh, toxic waters. I mean, oh. Yeah, they did a good job of taking care of the Vietnam vets. They did a good job of taking care of, of post-9-11 vets. Which is needed. Both of those were seriously right. needed. Camp, camp it's a good yes. thing, especially for the Vietnam vets. That right. that's something I will I will stand up on a on a freaking chair and bang a pan all day long, a pot and pan all day long about how we need to take care of Vietnam vets. But they they did overlook us, and you know, and hats off to, to Leroy Torres and his wife for for dry, burn piss three sixty and them driving that, and for I can't remember his name, but the fellow from Grunt Style, I think it's Tim Jensen. Uh, for him driving that, he helped. Well, he helped them with that. Um, but also, we have to remember Denise Nichols uh, and and Anthony Hardy, who started back in 1993 with the Gulf War. Oh, and yeah. Denise Nichols and Anthony Hardy and didn't get a lot of and Jim recognition. Brown. And Jim yeah, Brown, yeah, 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 yep, yeah uh, yep, Jim, Jim Brown, Brown. I mean, yes, he, he, Jim Brown put it all out there for us and said, "Hey yes. guys, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm going to be targeted." But this is what happened to 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 us, uh, yeah. and he let it know that he was targeted, and in which that's that's the one thing good is is that we're, we're we're all and now what we're doing is we need to make sure our younger vets are taken care of the day they get out, not yes thirty years later because the new the new batch that comes out is is. I just don't want them to go through what we're going through. Yeah, it's it's crucial. It's crucial that the those ETSing are are taken care of. And before I forget, Jim, make sure or not Jim. Sorry, my bad, Jeffrey. Your ass is in trouble. (laughs) Hang tight after we sign off for the after show. Uh, But yeah, you know, I suck at names. Everybody that knows me. I'm lucky to remember my own kids' names, for God's sake. But uh, <laughs> swear to God. Anyway, um, yeah, no, even the, all everybody ETS and now, yeah, you know, you know, people that are over in Iraq and Afghanistan, if they don't understand it now, they're going to, and you know, in ten years. But hopefully, they'll get wind of us, the older vets, and say, "Hey, wait a second, they went through what? Why?" And put two and two together, and that's why we're here. Um, you know, to help all vets, but the, the ones, the ones that are getting out, the ones that served, um, you know, after us, they may not necessarily know what they're feeling or put two or together if it isn't for us. 
But right. And that's why we created the outreach program, the veteran outreach program. Every veteran, every civilian should go in and click on that. We're we're there to answer questions. I mean, we don't just help the go for vets right now. We're also targeting the the Korean uh, war vets to make sure that they're living in slumlords right now. And we want them out of there and we want them in a better facility so that way they can die peacefully and happy. That's that's my goal. My goal is every veteran that served in a war or served their country needs to be taken care of. And, yes. And you know what? If if you don't have illnesses and you serve the country, you, you know, I tell you, don't go out and make a claim that nobody needs to make a false claim. Nobody whatsoever. But when you're elderly you deserve to have a nicer place uh, facility for you and your spouse. That's what you earned. It's not a benefit. Everybody stops saying benefits. It really pisses me off when people say benefits because it's wrong. It's something that you have earned. And there's proper wording that needs to be changed for us so we can help these vets. 30 years is too long from being bombarded with bombs, sarin gas, mustard gas. I, and and I, I'm um, letting you know I'm bringing Garth back on. We're going to have to do a show. It won't be live. It, it will be recorded from Britain because he has new details on what uh, the British is doing over there and, and their filings with the lawsuit and what the, you know, the royal prince, the king, I don't know what you call him. I don't want to get this. You know. <laughs> Uh, you know, Charlie, yeah, yeah, everybody, yeah, Charlie. <laughs> wow, but Jeffrey, go ahead, and I want you to tell everybody not only were y'all bombarded with bombs that y'all probably, yeah, I don't know how y'all lived through it, you did it, but I want you to tell everybody about the airplane. And I hate to laugh at it because I saw the picture. But I, I just, I was just like, this is uh, how, how are they surviving? So yeah, so it, it was, it was pretty, um, yeah, it was something else. Uh, I, I'm glad Sid, Sid had the pictures. Uh, Sid McAllister's the one that had the pictures. So I had a, hats off to him for thinking about taking pictures. Um, yeah, so we we were flying. We, we went back to Dalaran toward the end. Uh, I don't remember. I think in, end of June we flew back home, and uh, they they uh, they chartered through Pan Am. Uh, because Pan Am was uh, going bankrupt at the time. So they're like, hey, let's use Pan Am to get them all back home, use commercial flights versus we flew over on C-5s originally. And the ones of us that flew on, some of them took uh, different uh, methods, but we, we took C-5s over with our equipment underneath us. Um, so we're flying back home on, on Pan Am. And the first thing that was funny is we're all sitting there, most of us are guys, and we're sitting there and we can smell the perfume from the sewer as they're walking up. And everybody's just a bunch of gophers. Everybody's head pops up and we're looking around, you know. And uh, so we, we board the plane. Uh, we take off. We head from Dahran to uh, Rome. And we're flying, get, getting ready to land to Rome. It's super foggy. Um, and somehow we land short of the runway. And I don't know how many yards exactly, between 150 to, to 50 yards short of the runway. And we hit, and when we hit, um, we hit in the, the, the grass and mud and, and we slide into the runway, but it rips the whole landing gear back into the backside of the plane and the plane hits the ground. So now the tail is on the ground and we're still doing, you know, whatever, 150 miles an hour, or whatever to land. And, you know, they're still slowing down and the plane's just sliding everywhere and, and the whole top of the plane where your luggage goes overhead all that's falling down and just smacking people in the head and and uh, the whole i mean not just like the luggage portion but the whole cabinet's falling down and smacking people in the head and we're just getting tossed all over the place and stuff and i'm just thinking the whole time it's like you know you make it through a freaking war and now you're gonna die on the way home this is a bunch of bullshit you know wow. and, and you made it with even being close like well, yeah, uh, right, <laughs> uh, Jeffrey. I, I'm never gonna let you live that down. I'm sorry. I'm never gonna let you live the clothesline thing. Ever I was just again. trying to hang my coat up so it could dry out. You know, yeah, but that's your fault for being so damn tall. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would not be down a few inches. I can assure you that. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you know, with that being said, we're about to go into the after the show show. Right on. And after our show show, we kind of get a little bit more crazier and have a little bit more fun and. 
where YouTube is not going to throw my, you know, little butt off of here <laughs> and everything. And we give a little bit more tidbits about what the war was really like. Y'all should go watch our after show shows. Everything we do is for the vets. It's for the vets connecting. We are connecting with every veteran group we can right now to bring awareness, to help each other, to get through what we need to get through to solve our issues. I know they can't all be solved, but they can be helped one day at a time with each other. If, if anybody has anything that they would like to, if they don't want to come on there, but they need to talk to, you know, at the end of the program, we'll always have my email address. You know, you can contact me, you can email me, you can message me, you can do anything you want. I will get you in touch with the people you need to get in touch with. If I don't have the 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 answers, I promise you, I'll find somebody who does have the answers. I I I will. I'll do everything I can out there. With that being said, John, do you have anything else you would like to add? No, I'm I'm good at the moment. We'll talk here in a minute. <laughs> John knows he's in deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, do you have anything else left to say? I just appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very much. Hey, man. And I appreciate each and every one of y'all that come on my program, share your war stories, and then share what you are going through. I know it's hard. I know what you are going through. But it's one day at a time, and we can all get through it with each other. So, everybody, with that being said, I want y'all to have a great night. If you miss any of the episode. It will be up for a day or two, and then you'll catch it on every Thursday. Y'all have a great night. Thank you for listening to Go For Side Effects. If you have a story or you would like to share or just come on with any comments or questions, please email me at kevinsimon at go